Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Thanks for joining us today. We can't thank you enough for your continued support while we are going along this path with you, all learning about birth together. We'd love to hear what topics you'd like us to cover, so feel free to reach out through email or Instagram. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes so others can find us easily. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and also tag us at birthnaturally with a photo of what you're doing while you're listening, and we will be sure to repost it in our stories. We're so excited to be doing something a little different today. We're having our first conversation with a midwife who is also a home birth mom of four. She comes from a background where home birth is normal, growing up with a mom who is a midwife. We talk with Anna about normalizing birth and taking away the fear while working within our own communities to make birth choices no longer taboo. So let's jump right in and hear more about Anna and her family. Uh, so my name is Anna Stevens, and I am a mama to four kids. Um, I'm married to my husband, Jacob, for almost 17 years. I'll be 17 March 1st. Oh, wow. um, yeah, we got married really young. We have a 17-year-old. <laughs> well, he, he's turning 17 this, uh, this coming year. But um, I actually just graduated from Midwifery School this past November. And I am still in the process of um, arranging for sitting for my uh, national board. So you, depending on what um, track you take to midwifery, you have to complete um, between three and four years of um, like an accredited school. There's a couple different options um, nationwide. There's a few that are more like online based and you work um, remotely and then you have to partner with a preceptor in your area to do like medical work and then there are a few brick and mortar schools there's one in Oregon and um, one in San Diego which um, I attended the one in San Diego it's called Nijoni Institute of Midwifery Um, so you finish your uh, for me it was three and a half year um, didactic portion of learning and then alongside that you have to complete um there's for every different phase that you're in. So like for phase one, um, you have to do so many like things assisting like prenatals and it's, it's a lot. I won't get into it. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's also like a certain number of catches that you have to do and, and prenatal and postnatal. And then um, there's like continuity of care clients where you have to take a woman from her first prenatal to her last postpartum visit. Um, it is very time consuming. Uh, <laughs> and like it. it's, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a game of, I, I don't even know what, what I would um, compare it to, but, you know, because not everything is uh, hard and fast, obviously, with birth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're following along with what you are required to do for school. And then you have a client that you're like, okay, yay, I can check this off my list. You know, I, she's my continuity. I've been to her first prenatal you know, followed her through her whole pregnancy and then she transfers and it doesn't count. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that goes into becoming a midwife. And um, so anyway, back to where I am right now. So then once you finish school, then you have to sit for um, a proctored exam that all um, 
coming uh, CPMs coming in will take, regardless of what school you choose. And it's called the NARM. Um, and it, it runs about three to seven hours test. Um, so you submit your application and then they give you a testing date. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I have my application all sent in and I'm just waiting for them to give me a testing date. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm so, so excited and, and glad to be done with that portion um, of <laughs> my journey. But now it's like, this is where the rubber meets the road and, you know, getting my practice all set up and all those kinds of fun things. So, yeah. Oh, so I didn't give you like a breakdown of my family. So I have yes. my, I have three boys and then a little girl. So I have um, almost 17, 14. Um, I'm having to think this is bad. <laughs> Do it all the time. 10, <laughs> 10 and four. So yeah, three boys. So- I have Daniel. Emmett, Micaiah, and then Bella. So your daughter must have been really young when you started this journey into midwifery. She was. How yes. did you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of um, <laughs> a loaded question. She was. Let's uh, let's see. So I actually had this moment um, when I was driving down, and I also live in Orange County. So driving to school is about an hour and a half drive. So there was that added stress. Yeah. Um, I, when people ask me why I did this, I, I really don't have an explanation. <laughs> I'm like, well, yes, I am certifiably crazy, but, um, You're passionate. you know, I, yes. And, and people say this all the time and it's so true. Like midwives, like they just have it. Like you either are or you aren't. And, um, if you have the, you know, if you have the bug, you're just, it, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, you'll get there. Um, and so my daughter was, I had this moment driving down to school the last, um, for my last class. And I was just kind of looking in my rearview mirror, like, oh my gosh, when I first started this, Bella was an infant in an infant car seat. Now my back seat is empty and she's in preschool. And it was just like this huge time warp moment. But um, she was, right about a year when I uh, officially started school. Um, But I I kind of like, (laughs) it's been a long journey. I actually started um, midwifery school about six years ago. um, And I had started one of the distance programs. Um, And I started and I only got about two modules into it. And I was like, this is not going to work for me. Um, Being a busy mom of three at that point, you know, you're kind of expected to work along at your own pace. And as you guys know, like every, anything that you have to do for yourself always takes a back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, if I'm not forced to have that in a class, I'm not going to finish. I know I'm not like life just gets too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so about, yeah, about two, two modules into that. Um, I just let the school know that I wasn't going to continue and uh, prior to that, I had actually been a doula. Um, we were living in Northern Virginia at that time, and I had been a doula for about three years. So I was very um, familiar with the birth world, and I, I kind of put off um, becoming a because I knew what the self-sacrifice was going to be and, you know, the t- toll it was going to take on my family. So I, I kind of held it off as long as possible. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, it just, the, the desire never really went away. 
And as I was a doula for so many families, um, you know, for home births or hospital births, birth center births, I saw like the full kind of gamut of healthcare providers. And even in, um, even in midwifery, there's, there's so many different kinds of midwives. And I just, there were so many things that I saw that from, you know, wonderful midwives that I was like, yes, there needs to be so many more like this. And then there would be others that unfortunately, you know, the, the level of care wasn't there. So I really always kind of wanted to make a difference. And, and anytime I would have a, you know, an unfortunate situation that would happen between a mom and her midwife, I would think, oh, there just needs to be more good ones. That desire to help, you know, other mamas never really went away. And so really the, when I decided to go to school, um, we had moved out to California. My husband owns a, um, commercial solar installation company. And so him and his partner kind of divided, um, several years ago and we had an East coast office and a West coast office. And the company was just kind of going through some growing pains and we didn't know if if we were going to actually continue to do that. He was going to continue to do that line of work. So we, um, decided to, um, that everybody needed to be in the same place. And so we'd rather move to California than them come to Virginia. <laughs> so we came out here on like a two year plan and when, and we were just going to kind of get the office together and see how it went. And then, um, Mijoni was like my, on the top of my list for like dream school to go to, if I were to do it again. So I was like, huh, we're only an hour away when we moved out. And then um, the midwife that I ended up, I moved out here uh, at like 24 weeks pregnant with Bella. And so I found um, one of my friends recommended a midwife here who was just amazing. And she was like everything that I could have ever dreamed of or wanted to be. Um, should I become a midwife? And so kind of like the, the merging of meeting her and then thinking, okay, school is out here. I can drive to it. I could train with her. It just kind of like all aligned and I just jumped off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool that even like in not the easiest of circumstances that it still drew you back in. I mean, you had a one-year-old. I can't even imagine. Yeah. My midwife told me, she was like, don't do it, Anna. It's crazy. And I was like, "Ah, (laughs) and look where you are now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't regret it. So did your own birth experiences affect your career? Did they make you want to become a midwife? Um, I was thinking about that question when you sent it over. I would say yes and no. Um, I mean, I had all of my babies at home. Um, I have grown up with midwifery. My mom was a midwife, several of her friends. I I started going to birth when I was 14. Um, So home birth, natural birth is actually more, um, quote unquote, normal to me mm-hmm. than hospital birth. Um, and so like I had, you know, my births were fine with my boys. There was no like real, like dramatic things that I was like, okay, I, you know, I want it to be different than how I was treated. And so that was what propelled me. I would say more, it was when I was a doula, um, you know, in the DC area. And I just, walked with so many families through different situations, um, that that was really what solidified in me. Like, you know, this, there has to be a better way. Like we can make this better. Um, and 
I don't know. I think, I think, um, I would say from my own birth experiences, what did shape me for future, for my future clients was that they were all so different. Um, and so I, you know, I, I know that because, you know, first baby, second baby, third baby, it's not like, okay, it's going to be easier because it's the second one. Actually, my first birth was my shortest. He was five hours from start to finish. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which actually, in retrospect, I had a five-hour contraction, and um, my oh my, my mom, yeah, my mom was a poor little thing. He was born with such a huge catheter and like a totally bruised little eye. Um, but he, you know, my I was telling my mom and and my midwife that was there, like I'm not getting a break. Like these are just on top of each other, and they kind of would like look back and forth at each other, like mm, you know, I was young. <laughs> And they were like, oh, you know, and I knew what they were like saying with their eyes to each other. And I was like, okay, whatever you guys. But, uh, you know, and then subsequently with my next birth, um, even though he was, he was actually my longest, um, he was about 72 hours ish. Um, and he was just, (laughs) yeah. And it was just very different situation. We were at a really different time in our life. And so I, I know for sure that the, uh, my emotional and mental state really played into the different, you know, how mm-hmm. his labor went. But from that break, from that difference, I was like, yep, I, I had a five hour contraction. I'm telling you, <laughs> even with it being so much longer, I felt like I could manage it because I did um, get, you know, breaks. Right. Definitely. But, it's such a difference. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. So I would say that yes, they you know they definitely did shape, but it's not like I had you know some some midwives will be like, you know they had like my mentor that I trained with Lindsay Milas. Um, her what propelled her into midwifery was that she had her first baby also really young, in the hospital, ended up with a C-section, and then that kind of like propelled her into like no, I want to change this for others. Mm-hmm. So that isn't really my story per se, but. Um, for sure, you know they had each each birth taught me different lessons that I now pull from. For sure. So you've had sort of an array. I mean, it's really cool growing up in midwifery and then becoming a doula. Yeah. You've experienced all sorts of birth. What? Yeah. In, in your opinion, what is the difference that you have seen in care with midwifery versus a traditional OB in a hospital for a birth? Or even prenatally, I should say. Yeah, you know, I would say that that the biggest difference. Well, I, it, you can't really quantify it, but I would say that the prenatal care is just as important. The birth, um, mm-hmm. and the biggest difference, really. Uh, I mean, just the the one that just jumps out at you is time. Um, for an OB, you know, you're going to see your appointment's going to be what 15, 20 minutes, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> And, um, for our clients, we have, we schedule our appointments. So it's like therapy, you know, and they're not always, they don't always last an hour, but like that is your blocked time. And if you need that, that's what you get. Um, and so time and, you know, we have a genuine love and interest in our clients, not just this baby in their belly, but like, how are you doing emotionally and what's going on? And so, you know, not all midwives practice the same, obviously, but, um, just the care and the concern and, um, 
the attentiveness and, you know, we get to know your whole family and then we stay with you, you know, for the rest of your life. We have clients that text us daily, you know, we try for it not to be daily, <laughs> but you know, my seven-year-old has a rash and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, they obviously go on with pediatricians, but they always come back in reference to us, like what our opinion is. And, you know, we've seen this baby since they were in utero and, and we have such a connection with them. So I would say really the relationship that you build and the trust that you build and just knowing that, um, there are no dumb questions. There are, you know, you can ask anything. You can just come and sit on the couch and cry. You know, we're not going to force you to get on a scale every time. And, you know, just we get to know each individual client and her needs and her triggers. And we really tailor her care to that as much as we safely can within our, you know, licensure parameters. So I would say the relationship for sure. And just, you know, feeling heard and feeling like, we put the, we are always putting the care back into the mom's hands, you know, like the autonomy. So she'll say like, can I do this? Well, how do you feel about that? We, we can see the benefits and the risks and then you decide what feels best for you. We're not going to say, you know, you can just do this or you cannot do this. I mean, obviously with some things there's hard stops, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, we we're constantly putting, um, putting the the ball back in your court, you know, like we'll give you a professional opinion, but it's again, your baby, your body, your birth. Like we trust you. Right. These are all the reasons why we love seeing a midwife. (laughs) Yeah. And especially both my sister and I have had, we had our first two in hospitals and you had, Mm -hmm. Caitlin, you had your second with a midwife, midwife, but but a totally a different a different type, type of, of midwife. midwife. Like yes. you said, there are, yes. there are many different kinds of midwives yes. and this wasn't the one I was really looking for. Yeah. And the difference when you find so, a good one is like... Yes, I know. <laughs> they, become, they become your therapist. We always joke like, hmm, we should actually be billing for therapy too. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of give a, for, for your listeners to give a little like overview um, because I'm speaking for how we practice Um, And we are CPM, so Certified Professional Midwife. Um, CNMs, which you will find like in the hospital setting um, or a lot of birth centers, they are wonderful. I I am not, you know, this isn't like a a rating for, you know, CPM, CNMs, but they definitely, so they went through nursing school first and then they added on um, Certified Nurse Midwifery to their, you know, training. Mm So they, they definitely tend to be more by the book, um, more medical, the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we refer to them more as medwives, which that <sighs> that is not a term that, you know, it's not a term that I throw out lightly because it's not necessarily a bad thing. So each mom has to decide like what care she wants. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go shopping for your provider. Right. right. So a CNM is going to give you probably more options. You'll be in the hospital. You will have access to an epidural if you want one. Um, they're going to they're gonna order more tests and, you know, all these different things. And if those things make you comfortable, like, that's who you should choose. And there's obviously hundreds, thousands of wonderful, awesome CNMs. Um, but it's just a little bit of a different route. So, yeah, that, yeah. that is kind of the difference between midwives in general. Right. 
So speaking of, you know, finding a new care provider, what what sorts Mm -hmm. of questions should a mom ask when looking for a new midwife? That's a great question. So um, schedule an in-person interview if you can. Consults are great too, but like I, I don't, there's nothing like just coming into someone's office and feeling the energy of the space. Like, how do you feel there? Um, and I would say just gathering your list of questions too, a little bit like before. And, and this is difficult too, because not every mama finds herself in a position where she's able to have the time to really think things through. Sometimes you're halfway through your pregnancy and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not going how I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we'll just say ideal scenario, you come up with your list. <laughs> um, for sure, that that connection of how do you feel when you're in their presence? Do you feel like they're attentive to you? Do you feel like they're hearing you? Um, when you bring a list, are they kind of skimming over it, over their glasses? Um, we, <laughs> we had a mom recently that told us that her... OB told her the length of the, the length of the birth plan is usually the length of the C-section scar. And yeah, that hit me so hard. And I just thought, Oh my gosh. Like that actually said that that to a mom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, that's, that's not to say, and I am not a doctor bashing midwife. Like when we collaborate, we have wonderful um, OBs that we collaborate with when we need it. And and I absolutely love that we can build that bridge between home birth and hospital. Um, but th- like, so basically taking that statement and the complete opposite, like you want your care provi- provider to be like, where's your list? Can I see like, what's important to you? You know? Right. Um, and then also there's just the, the, like, um, housekeeping type things, like how many clients do you take a month? Um, you know, what do you do in the situation that two people are in labor at once? Do you have a backup midwife? Can I meet her? Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think really the, the most important thing is that you feel that you can bring up anything and you're going to be heard and, and worked with. And it's not like, okay, welcome to our practice. This is how we expect you to behave. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's more like, here, this, this is your pregnancy. How, how, you know, how can we, how can we help you have like the best outcome that you possibly can? Right. So. Yeah. I feel like there's a lack of awareness Yeah, because I experienced this with my, with my first, I was young and I didn't know, like I, I knew about birth centers. I maybe had he- heard of home birth, but it was like a far off. I don't know yeah, what that's that really, like, that's crazy. That. Yeah. And yeah. now here I am planning my home birth, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's just this lack of a, like the, the choices that moms have, Yeah, there's a lack yeah. of awareness and I don't know how yeah. we get, I mean, we're doing our small part in this podcast world right. to let moms know of their yeah. choices. But I wish yeah. it was more, you know, like you would hear it on the news. Like instead of, it's like this, right. there's always, I mean, you read the comments on a story about a mom having a home birth. I was just reading it today. And if there were, that's not safe. That's not, you know. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I don't know how you break the stigma of that. So, you know, you know, the best way to break that stigma is that 
people in their individual communities do it, right? So mm-hmm. when we moved out here, um, out to California, we moved into this little cute little neighborhood. You know, I move in, the neighbors are all coming over. Hi, blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously I'm pregnant. And so like people didn't have a long time to get to know me. And I also didn't have any, it was kind of like starting over new and just like, I didn't really give a flying fudge, like what people thought about me, where when you're like in a, in a social scene, you're like, Oh, I don't know what this one's going to think of that one. Like kind of, it was kind of an interesting, like really fun place to be in. Cause I was like, I just landed in this neighborhood and I'm having a home birth. <laughs> and my, so many of my neighbors were like, like, look at me like, uh, uh, are you sure? Like, like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> and then when, when we, um, when I went into labor, it was this beautiful Saturday afternoon. And so everyone was like home and out in the street, like it's a very just like communal type neighborhood. And my midwife comes like screeching into the driveway and she like parked with the van, like totally hanging out into the street. Um, because my contractions were coming pretty fast and you know, it's fourth baby, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she kind of just like rushed in. So the van's like sticking out in the, in the neighborhood and my boys are like running in and out like, oh, she's six centimeters now. And like <laughs> my, my one neighbor that I had gotten to be good friends with, like told me afterward, like the backstory of, you know, like all the old guys out in the street, like, kind of just like looking over at our house, like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, what's What's happening in there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, so there was the excitement of all that. And then she didn't end up being born until um, the middle of the night. She was born at 101 on her quote unquote due date, which is, I don't, due due dates are not a thing, but it was kind of weird because I was like, and she's very like that. Like she's very (laughs) anal. It's, It's pretty weird. But so then, you know, I come out, you know, the day or so later, everyone was so sweet, like flowers and whatever. But like, I changed the mindset of that whole little, little neighborhood, because now to them, home birth isn't like some crazy quack that they saw in the news that their baby died. Mm-hmm. Their home birth, their reference point for home birth is Anna, who moved in down the street and has three kids and just plopped another one. And she's great. And everybody loves her. And she's like, you know normal in their life. So I think that really the best way to change people's perspectives is just on that tiny micro neighborhood level where you're doing it, you know, and however people want to give you advice or not, you kind of have to just make a bubble of peace around yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that anyone's opinions or whatever, they just need to bounce off that invisible bubble because it doesn't matter. Nothing matters except for, you know, your choice and how you feel and you know yourself, you know, you're going to make safe decisions. You're, you're not, you're not being, you know, I don't know what people think it is irresponsible or whatever. Yeah, um, you're putting for, yourself and your baby in danger. Yeah. You know, who I also love, love, love is Jim Gaffigan. He's a comedian. Oh yeah. And have you guys seen his thing where he talks about home birth? No, um, I think I did. Oh my but God. Please tell so everyone. good. So good. So he does like stand up and he's doing a bit where he's like, so, you know, we had a home birth and everybody like gasps or laughs or whatever. And, and he's like, what? And he just kind of like flips it on his head. He's like, yeah, so we actually didn't want to go to the hospital that's full of 
germs and my wife didn't want to birth in a gown that someone died in last night here oh. right <laughs> it's so true though like, stuff like that like it just completely like changes the perspective mm-hmm. on it where people you know for most people the hospital is where you go to have a baby mm-hmm. but you know but really it, it should be for sick sick people <laughs> Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. and there are a lot of great like documentaries that are coming out. I don't know if you guys have seen why not home. No, um, I keep meaning. To oh, I, it's so good. And it's so good to share with um, people who are concerned that you care about <laughs> like your mother-in-law or, you know, whatever, because um, it's a film made by um, a collection of doctors um, that actually chose home birth instead of oh, having wow. their babies in the hospital. So it's it's from that perspective. So it's it's really really well done. I I mean I love the business of being born, and I feel like that kind of was the first shift um, nationally that made it kind of like okay, you know, the one Ricky Lake did. But still, you know, now it was done. I don't know when that was done, in maybe two thousand three or so. So it's a bit dated. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not home came out. <clears throat> either last year or the year before and it's it's just current and it's really well done so yeah and you know there's so many celebrities that are doing it so I, I feel like it is becoming more of a accepted thing but again you know whatever the the internet comments like everything else you just it's like to, I know you, you just have, have to stop reading them that's the truth <laughs> and uh, being emotional and pregnant I actually had to delete Facebook yeah. off of my phone recently yeah. because I felt and that like, is I, I need to protect myself. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. You got to get that bubble of peace around yourself, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to block out the negativity, you know, because yeah. Yeah, thankfully my sister had a home birth before me. So she kind of, broke yeah, the, the seal of, of weirdness, you know, and everyone was right. shocked. And now, now they actually, yeah. now her family actually said to me, are you going to have a home birth too? So it wasn't like, yeah. you know, and it's so nice. Too. That's one of my favorite things of um, walking through a family's journey of like they come in and like, you know, the mom's one of her biggest concerns is, concerns is that her mom is like so against what she's doing uh-huh. and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we handle that in all different ways. However, the mom feels best. Like for some people, it's just they don't even tell their family where yeah. they're birthing. For other people, it's... Um, you know, they, they draw a really strong line in the sand and they say, look, these are my boundaries. This is how I'm parenting. I appreciate your opinion, but you have to keep it to yourself, whatever. And then some, you know, there's some moms that uh, do allow the worried family members to be there at the birth. And then, you know, you walk through the whole labor and the birth and the postpartum. And afterward, it's those grandmas that are giving you the biggest hugs and saying like, thank you so much. Like, this is, so amazing and so beautiful and we're like we didn't do anything you know your daughter your your daughter did your daughter did this beautiful (laughs) thing and you got to witness it and thank goodness for that yeah and they do become those those grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and whatever a lot of times they end up becoming your biggest like advocates like they tell everyone and they're kind of spreading the word then I guess yeah yeah so it's a trickle-down effect that just you know, some people just have to be the brave ones, but it's, it's definitely worth it for sure. Absolutely. So how does a mom know if she's a good candidate for a home birth? Is there anything like any issues that would rule someone out? 
Yeah, for sure. So that um, number one, that depends on the state that you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so every state has different parameters for um, for the midwife's licensure. So like in Virginia, uh, we were allowed to do twin and home uh, twin and VBAC home birth. Oh, wow. Um, with no doctor supervision, but we were not allowed to carry anti-hemorrhagic meds, which is really crazy. Yeah. Bananas, bananas, crazy. (laughs) If I ever moved back to Virginia, I would either, and you know, the midwives there, they do a really good job of having great herbal, um, herbal supplements and essential oils and stuff that really do help. And then they, they also, um, the way they kind of got around it too was they would have the families, if they chose to, they would hire a nurse to come along with and the nurse would be there to administer meds. But it was like a $500 extra charge, just silly, ridiculous, but it's just, um, it's it's way of kind of, um, I don't even know how to, how to put it into words, but like just kind of keeping, you know, their hands in the, Mm -hmm. the, licensure anyway so but here in california we cannot um do twin or breach home birth uh without the collaboration of an ob um coming to the home um but we are you know free to carry and administer all the medications that we um would use so there are also different uh, and this is a really good question for mamas to ask their provider because um, mm. I don't, you know, know what what all of, I only have um, reference point for the two states that I potentially practice in. Um, so hypertension is one thing. Um, so if your pl- blood pressure goes really high, but also just because you've had hypertension in a previous pregnancy does not necessarily. I mean, you are more prone to it, but we found that mamas with hypertension, you know, we, we tell them very clearly in the beginning, like this is your history and we want you to have um, kind of like, not necessarily co-care, but we want you to at least see an OB and have a little bit of a backup plan so that if we do need to transfer out, it's not just a cold turkey, you're out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been able to really help moms um, manage that with diet and keeping their stressors low, um, lots of self-care. So um, there's just a few things like that. Like, um, And then uh, also your dates, you know, different states have different, um, like you're only allowed to have a home birth up to 42 weeks at home. So, um, but that's not really like a risk factor. You wouldn't know that ahead of time. Um, So, you know, home birth is, for low risk women. If you have um, a history of diabetes, uh, you know, like clinical type two diabetes, um, things like that, that really would, or you have like MS or like some other, you know, pretty severe health condition. um, It's still totally, if you are really craving that um, heart centered care, like you could absolutely have a midwife do your prenatals, but you would have to collaborate with an OB, mm-hmm. um, just for those high, more high risk things. And then there are, there are cases for sure that we have to risk out due to like abnormalities, um, congenital al- abnormalities with the baby, uh, or things like that. But also again, like we will, they wouldn't know that until their 20 week anatomy scan most of the time. Um, and so we continue whatever care they want us to continue with them, you know? 
um, co-care still coming to the birth or whatever. So um, it's kind of a loaded question. It, it depends on your state. And then, um, yeah, like what your midwife is willing to do, what you want her to still do. Right. But for the most part, you know, just your average Joe mom, Joe, not Joe, Joanna. <laughs> 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 um, you know, birth is natural. We were doing this for hundreds of thousands of years, squatting in fields. Our, our bodies were made to birth babies. So, you know, for the most part, it, it's safe. It, it's totally normal and natural. And, um, you know, you would know if you had some lifelong, you know, pretty big health problem that you might want to worry about, but. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. The, yeah, Does that like question? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, in that same kind of line of questioning, do you have many hospital transfers at your home births or do you, so, is it like an emergent situation? I know this is a big thing that people worry about. They say, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. always everyone's what question. Happens? How far are you yeah. from the hospital? Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, our practice, which we have a very busy practice. Um, I work for OC midwifery, um, again with Lindsay Milas. Um, so our practice stat is we have a 4% transfer rate. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really, really low. <laughs> and um, so for, I would say our majority of transfers is maternal exhaustion. People are just too tired to go on. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've labored and labored and labored, and we've tried all of the tricks in our bags. Um, and it's just, they just decide that they need to go in, have an epidural, have a nap, and... Um, push the baby out. (laughs) There are, I can think of in my four years of doing births with, um, this practice, we have had one emergent transfer and, uh, yeah, it was a VBAC mama and she was, um, it was going toward uterine rupture, which is what you always worry about with Mm -hmm. VBAC. Um, she, you know, every time she would have a contraction, she would um, kind of go to one spot lower, uh, kind of in the area of her C-section scar. And as soon as we saw that, we were like, mm. and then about two more contractions into it, we, my midwife just called it. She was like, nope, we're going in. And even that was not like she was bleeding out, dying on the way to the hospital. It was that we made a, uh, a quote unquote emergency call that we are going in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I mean, potentially the baby's life could be in danger and the mom with uterine rupture, but like that's, that's again, what you want to look for in a midwife is, um, you know, ask her that, say, what, what do you do in an emergency situation? Because you want to have someone that's been to, you know, a lot of births, which this is hard for new midwives starting out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but honestly, once you, once you start, your own practice or you receive your license, you have already been to over a hundred births and potentially caught at least 75 babies. So, you know, just a brand new midwife is not like, you know, a brand new midwife. You're not her guinea guinea pig. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. Um, But one thing that I absolutely love and will treasure forever for my training with Lindsay is that 
she has a really, really good trust in mamas and their body and their ability. But she also, uh, so before she was a midwife, she was a paramedic and rode on an ambulance. So like she knows when there's true emergency and she doesn't mess around. We never let it get to the point of emergency. Uh If anything is, is stepping out of the boundaries of normal, then we go in and it's not hospital transport is not, or transfer is not seen to us as a bad thing. Or, and we really try to talk about that a lot in our um, prenatal appointments. Like, we want you to pack a hospital bag. Like, and as you do that, we tell you you're packing your fears away. Like, this is just going to be there in case I need it and I'll be prepared if we need to go in. Um, and we are not home birth at all costs midwives. Like, that is just not how we practice. And mm-hmm. um, our absolute goal in the end is everybody's healthy and alive and well, right? So I think the reason that our transfer rate is so low is that we, you know, we don't, um, we don't ever let it get to that point. And um, if, and also we're not letting people go past red flags in pregnancy, right? So Mm -hmm. if something isn't really looking like they are still like every appointment that you come to, we're still reassessing you for a safe home birth, right? So if anything is kind of veering toward um, the boundary of that, we're going to give you, you know, obviously with much care and concern and love, like other options. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the short answer to that question is I, and you know, that's, we have not had like where I'm afraid that mama or baby is going to die like ever, even in that situation, it was a rupture and we went in. Um, that is not to say that we have not had multiple um, resuscitations, which mm-hmm. most of the time when that happens, the family doesn't even really know what we're doing. They just know that it took a little while for baby to cry. Right. So, um, and that's another thing that you really want to make sure with your midwife is that she is, you know, staying up to date on her NRP and taking like resuscitation classes and all that, which they are every midwife does because you have to keep it up for your licensure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, especially when we have water births, babies do sometimes take a little bit longer to come around and it's completely normal and natural and they just need a few inflation breaths and they're perfect. Wow. So. That's so much good information. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. I have one last question for you and it's a kind of a fun one. Are there any births that stick out in your mind? Hmm. Oh gosh. When I read this question, I was like, Oh man, I'm not going to be able to fit it into an hour. Um, so, I mean, it, it is so funny, like going into, you know, you see people come their whole pregnancy for their birth and you see them with like their office face and dress and whatever. Right. And so, then you don't really know like the dynamic of their home. Mm-hmm. We do go, um, we do go for around 36 weeks. We'll go do a home visit and bring the birth kit and just kind of check out the house and be like, okay. You know, some people are like, oh, I was thinking I was birth up here in this loft. It's so beautiful in the windows. And you're like, huh, but there's no way to get water up here. And we're going to have to throw you down the hammock steps if we need to you know so just different <laughs> things that we say. actually we think it would be better down here or whatever um so 
it's it's really fun just just jumping into the dynamic of everybody's different home. Um, I would say one of my favorite births ever, which I can say this and I can name them now because they've recently posted this online, but um, we give care to Bodie and Morgan Miller. Um, he's the Olympic skier, uh, gold medalist skier. Um, so we've had, we've been with them for almost all of their pregnancies, but her last birth was twin home birth. And she birthed them in like, from the time she called us to come until both babies were out was like 18 minutes or some crazy. It might've been, it might've been more like 28, but, um, she actually just posted her home birth video, which I totally full disclosure, we just watched it. We just watched (laughs) it. And I actually, I messaged her and I was like, Oh my gosh, your story is like crazy inspirational. And so like, I was, it was just so sweet. And yeah, she's amazing. Their family is so near and dear to our hearts. But um, she was just, as we're running in, you know, baby number two had just come out. She's just <laughs> dying laughing, which you, if you've oh. seen the video, she's yeah. just laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And I, <laughs> that's just like one of my favorite moments ever. Um, she's so crazy strong. She just birthed two yeah. beautiful boys, like, you know? Oh, yes. And, How? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know her, her video is getting so many comments. People are like, Oh my gosh, I, this is not at all how it went for me. And obviously it's not everyone's story. Um, but yeah, that, that was so, so awesome. So cool. Um, and then, you know, another one of births that I really, really love was actually one of our longest, um, like we were at her house for the longest time. She just had a lot of um, mental, you know, blocks to get through and she was progressing well and beautifully and, and, um, but she just got to a point where she did not want to be home anymore. She, she's so funny. She's like, they live in uh, Laguna Beach and she's just this beautiful like yogi and, you know, she, she got to this point where she was just looking at us and like, there's a hospital like right down the road. I'm just <laughs> going to walk there. And it's, it's this tiny little hospital that doesn't even have L and D. <laughs> and so, and so we're like, you can walk there, but like you're, they're not, you know, they can't help you any more than we can. And her friends, she had these two like best friends that were so sweet. And they're like, Nope, she told us that if she acts like this, we're going to stand in front of the door and we're not going to let her out. And she kind of went through this whole, like went and just hid in her room and like, didn't want anyone to talk to her. And she was just mad that she couldn't go to the hospital. (laughs) And and, uh, we were, we were really like, this is another part that I love about it. Like we become really good friends with you, you know, like we're Mm -hmm. seeing you especially the last part of your pregnancy, we're seeing you for an hour every week. Yeah. Um, and so that's Lindsay more, just went in. Your friends, and kind actually. Of, <laughs> yeah. So Lindsay went in and just like cuddled up on her bed with her. And she was just like, you know what? You call the shots. You can go to the hospital if you want, but there's no reason to. And I really think what you really want is just to push your baby out. And so she looked at her and she was like, yeah, that's what I really want. She's like, okay, let's, let's go have a baby. get up that's all the living room and the water just wasn't working for her and so the the tub was still there and she had like a really big kind of long um blow up tub like we usually use kind of 
smaller round ones, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it was hers or where she got it from, but it was, it was just like a kitty pool, you know, but like a really long rectangular mm-hmm. one. So we have her in the living room and she's squatting with her husband behind her. And we've kind of wrapped a sheet underneath her arms. And I was holding the other side of the sheet. So she's using it like for leverage, you know? Yeah. So she's leaning all of her weight back into the sheet. I'm holding on to it like as tight as I can. And we're kind of in this seesaw. And her friend comes like under my arms, like right in front of me to take pictures. So she can get pictures as the baby's coming out. And just, she's like mid contraction and she just lets go of it and stands up. And both me and her friend with her camera go like flying forward into the pool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so just like, la- like we just laughed and crazy and like regrouped. And she like, I don't know, four or five pushes. She pushed her baby out. So That is so funny. I think every yeah. woman has to go through that period in labor at some point where you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to yep. do this. I'm yeah. just going to call it nope. a day. You know, we'll, <laughs> yep. we'll regroup and try to get another day, maybe. Yep. Tapping out. <laughs> I remember that moment so well with my first. I was looking. I could see out the window um, a, yellow, uh, a red, uh, like a really tall tower, like a cell, maybe a cell phone tower, you know? Mm-hmm. And like the blinking lights. It's so weird how you like fixate on certain mm-hmm. things when you're kind of in that like la-la land. Yeah. And I remember just like watching the light like blink on and off thinking, oh, this was such a bad idea. <laughs> this is such a bad idea. I don't want to have a child. I'm too young. I right. don't want it. I want to be done. <laughs> my midwife like looked at me and she was like, Anna, wherever you run, it's just going to follow you. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. This baby's coming. <laughs> baby's That's coming, so yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those. That oh was a great way to end it. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you like absolutely. to tell listeners where they can find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Instagram is my best way for people to follow me. Facebook is kind of weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am at the and then underscore modern midwife underscore mom. It's kind of a complicated. Uh, we'll <laughs> the link modern it midwife, too. Yeah, the modern midwife mom was already taken, so I kind of had to break it up. But I just love it. It's kind of like combining, you know, my two worlds in one. I'm a mom, and that's what my mom called her mom. So it's kind of like a funny way to go back mm-hmm. to that. But um, I'm a midwife. I'm a mom, and I'm also like really modern in our choices. Like we we have so many things at our disposal. It's kind of just like a smorgasbord, and I really want to empower moms to have that autonomy that they know that this is just like shopping. Like, and it's the, one of the biggest purchases that you'll purchase. That's a weird way to say it, but it, you are paying for your care. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an um, investment. You know, it's yeah, it's it's huge. You know, before you go and buy a car, you're going to read all the reviews and like, know that that's what you, you know, you're doing. But somehow when we come to birth and pregnancy or, or our medical care in general, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the white coat intimidation where you're like, I don't know, you know, you're the professional. Um, so I just love putting that, um, authority and that autonomy back in mom's hands and being like, no, you are in charge of this. I'm here to help you every step of the way, but like, this is your birth and you know, let's do this together. 
Yeah, uh, we, yeah, I love that. That's like the whole message we're trying to convey with our with our podcast, with mm-hmm. birth and parenting, and you know, do it your way, do the it way in, you feel comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, because awesome. we're all so different. We're so different, and then that's on to. I started um, recently hosting a mommy and me class at a yoga studio where new moms come in and just kind of, you know, find community, find. Um, other moms that are going through the same, you know, their babies are the same age. And I, I come across it there too. Like they're asking me like, well, when can I do this? When can I do that? And, and every class I'm reiterating, like, this is your journey. Like the biggest thing that I can, you know, pass on to you guys here is that motherhood from the time you conceive until your child is, I mean, I, I don't know. Does it ever really end? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. you're, you're, it's your family and what works for me doesn't work for you. And, you know, just putting that, that power back in their hands. So whether it's deciding on, um, you know, what type of thermometer you're going to use or choosing the, um, driving school for your teenager who's getting his permit, like, Oh (laughs) gosh. Yeah. It never ends. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yeah. And the sooner that I feel like you you turn a corner as a mom when you when you take back that when you when you realize your power as a mom and yeah you, you know I don't have just because yeah. so and so did it this yeah. way I can do it my way and it's just it's right. so empowering and if you can yeah if you can kind of harness that during your your birth and your pregnancy yeah then you're ahead yeah. of the game you know you're you come Absolutely. into it with confidence and I love that you guys are doing this however many you know, podcast accounts. Like I love uh, moms. Like, I don't know if you guys follow Kat and Nat. I'm yes. sure you do. Yes. They're so funny. And you know, they're, they're in a completely different space. They're not talking about home birth, but they're the same, like you, it's your life, like be your own kind of mom. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's so good. So it's empowering. So, it so. really is. It's, and we want to get that message out to everyone. So we yeah. really appreciate you taking the time. You are a wealth of knowledge and Awesome. I'm so so excited for you to get this big test done and then start your journey yes. as a midwife yeah. out on your own. Yeah, I'm so excited too. We absolutely love talking to Anna today. She just had so much insight when it comes to birth and we could talk to her a million more times, honestly. And like we always say, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And if you're loving the podcast, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. See you next time, guys.